everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Cryptids Decrypted, the podcast where we talk about creatures from the fringe of reality and the people who study them. This is our second episode about Bigfoot, and today we're going to be breaking down the origins of the myth from BC to present. And that's the plan for Cryptids Decrypted moving forward. One week I'll do an interview with an expert, and then the following week my friends and I are going to break down the myth and legend from start to finish with all the evidence that we have. Just a reminder, if you want early access to our episodes, you can pay $5 over at the Patreon and listen to them a week before they come out. And that's like, I mean, you can tell your friends about that. You can be like, I heard the new episode of Cryptids Decrypted before it was even out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, which we're on all those platforms now. Anyway, we're here today to talk about the Bigfoot legend. I've got my friend Tyler Mitchell here with me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with the Bigfoot legend, Tyler? With the Bigfoot legend, I uh, <laughs> I don't have a ton of experience I guess, with Bigfoot legend. I, I uh, you know, growing up, I grew up around the Northwest, obviously. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, but to you, it's obvious. Uh, and so, uh, well, I guess what's obvious is that Bigfoot is like kind of everywhere in Oregon and Washington, and I'm, I'm assuming Northern California and, and, and Canada and stuff. But um, uh, yeah, so you know that is prevalent everywhere there was i remember like a book coming out when i was a kid that like took place in my hometown that was about sasquatch and that was like kind of a big deal for the kids for like two weeks at school and then uh you know obviously i i think there's like i have like an interest in supernatural and that kind of stuff not the show like supernatural stuff uh so yeah i uh, it was interesting to research this. I mean, I, I knew a lot of, you know, the, the high level stuff that we've heard about. I kind of made some assumptions about where the myth would come from. But Yeah, I think that all my experience uh, growing up in the Pacific Northwest is like this is this is great campfire fodder. And like we, we right. have, you know, we, we've hiked Ape Cave mm-hmm. and I've been plenty of places where there's been sightings like. Anytime I drive over the pass, there's the trailer from Harry and the Hendersons <laughs> is like still sitting out there next to a giant wood statue of Bigfoot. Right. So it's right. kind of everywhere. There's a big statue of Bigfoot at like a um, some like I don't know if it's not a truck stop. It's I guess it's like some uh, restaurant along uh, the, the highway on the way to the coast in Oregon. Um, big 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 old Bigfoot statue. And then there's also uh, there was also some sightings, I guess, and I don't know if you want to talk about them later or not. I don't know anything about them, but there were some sightings at the Oregon Caves. Uh, God, it must have been like 15, 20 years ago, and it was we were sp- my my family were going on a trip there like a week later. So of course that was like the hype uh, around that time. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like looking for Bigfoot, and yeah, I didn't see him. But you know, we can talk about my opinions of Bigfoot later. But uh, so yeah. It kind of like Bigfoot has always stuck in my brain as uh, it's because it's talked about so often in Washington and there are so many people who are true believers. I think that that's it has become a prominent theme in my fiction. Uh, Like recently, you know, with, uh, of course, the story from the Patreon this month of uh, Bigfoot going to a a foot fetish uh, convention. But, you know, like it's it's also in one of my recent novellas in a more serious fashion. So I think that, you know, I'm fascinated by it in, in fiction and in reality. Mm-hmm. And and talking to somebody like David last week, uh, it's just really interesting to see like people who who actually, you know, dedicate their lives to studying this and, and want to see it treated more as a, a scientific field uh, when there's so much bullshit out there around <laughs> it as well. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that makes that's what makes it hard is that there is so much bullshit that you 
you know, like how do you approach that scientifically when you know like ninety nine percent of that stuff is quantifiable garbage? What's after that, you know? So Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, well we'll get into the quantifiable garbage in the <laughs> in a little bit, but let's uh I guess let's start with you you know a bit about the the origins and the myth from your research. So yeah. uh yeah, it was kind talk of, a bit about that. I was excited to do some research. Like I said, I, I kind of had some some ideas about where it came from. So, uh, like a lot of things in the Pacific Northwest, um, our you know our history, our local history is just like steeped in in uh, Native American folklore and, and history. And so, unsurprisingly, that's where the uh, term Sasquatch comes from. Uh, it comes from the word, and I'm going to butcher every. Uh, Native American word that that I say, and I apologize, it's not out of disrespect. You didn't go to a pronunciation class, right? Like... I didn't Google the <laughs> pronunciation. That's really all it took, as I just didn't take the thirty extra seconds to like <laughs> Google how to, how to pronounce these words. But whatever. Uh, Sasquatch. Fair. Fair. Sasquatch comes from the word uh, Sasquets, uh, and it's a word uh, from the Halkomelum people of North America, and that's specifically in the Northwest, um, uh, roughly the vancouver bc area probably seattle um kind of i guess probably all the way down i, I guess i should have researched this <laughs> better but down you know part way through oregon i'm sure so uh and myths of ape-like creatures they they varied by regions uh from some stories about a creature that just lives in the woods to uh more dangerous creatures that would kidnap children or, or attack hunters or or something like that right yeah, totally. Like I knew that the myth had Native American origins to some degree, but then I so I found this timeline uh, that goes, it's it's basically everything you could ever want to know about Bigfoot, mm-hmm. and I I thought that the timeline started in the 1800s, and I was like, well, that's interesting. But then I, I scrolled backwards, and I actually found out that the timeline goes like five thousand five thousand years back. Right. Uh, so it goes to like BC times, mm-hmm. and a lot of that evidence is. Uh, just cave paintings uh, of big looking people, which I'm kind of like, all right, you know, just, Neanderth- Neanderthals just, were big looking people too. Maybe they like, weren't good at drawing. <laughs> They're like, fuck, man, my like my perception's all off in this drawing. What's in a cave now? <laughs> so some of these are like not great, you know. It's like, uh, who was who was drawing? How do I know that it wasn't like caveman abstract art? But either yeah, way, right. like that's they use that as evidence. You're like, no, this is evidence of Bigfoot. <laughs> I kind of call a little bit of bullshit on that, but. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's it is documentation in some form. So, yeah, you know, it's like at least people had this legend, uh, you know, yeah, way yeah, back in the day. Totally. Um, but then, like, fast forwarding to eighty times, like, there's a really interesting account from Leif Erikson of all people uh, <laughs> when he's exploring the Americas. He finds these uh, creatures that he called matlogs at the time, which were seven to nine foot tall, you know, furry human beings, or you know, larger than human beings. And this sounds they were a described. Bit, sounds a little bit like matlock. Uh, the giant hairy lawyer from television. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that show. Maybe that's the inspiration. He, right. he was named after them. Yeah, like we got this just giant knew. hairy actor playing a lawyer. What do we name him? Let's 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 go back to let's let's look at Leif Erikson's diaries. I bet there's inspiration in there. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were they were just these these uh these really tall bros uh standing on the shores and <laughs> as he's as he's uh as he's exploring, apparently they stole his salmon and would throw rocks at his crew. So, you know, naturally, he thought they were monsters. Uh, Troublemakers. But 
Um, and then if you look like 741 years ago, getting slowly closer to modern times, you've got these ape masks in British Columbia. Yeah, I read about these. Which is interesting. Yeah, because it's like long before the native peoples would have any knowledge of what an ape is. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was kind of my, my takeaway too, is like I see like these sort of ape references, but where were they getting these references from? Because apes exist in Africa and Asia exclusively. I mean, there's monkeys in South America, but not this far north. Yeah, and, uh, and it, you know, and, and so part of that is like, you know, I, it is plausible because back then there was, I'm sure there was creatures that are gone now, right? So, oh, totally. yeah. It, and and it, it could just be like, I don't know, maybe bears look different. Maybe they looked like apes when somebody carved them wrong one day and they kept the masks. But maybe. either way, there's like, so there's a lot of pottery, there's a lot of masks and all right. sorts of, all sorts of evidence like that. Right. But, you know, the point is like this myth goes way the fuck back. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Big, Bigfoot's been around a long time. But the, uh, the earliest sighting that, or, you know, the anecdotal evidence that I found started around, like, 352 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's in Humboldt Lake, Nevada. And this story is pretty wild. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm about to butcher some Native American pronunciation, too. <laughs> I tried to look it up, but uh, I hope I get right. So there's this tribe of Native Americans. They're called the, the Siteka. Um, and they're living on one side of Humboldt Lake. And they have this belief that the Coop Takara which is a race of red-haired giants, live on the other side of the lake, and they want to kill all of the Siteka. Naturally. And so, you know, there's there's stories of them avoiding that side of the lake, but, you know, as all legends go, eventually one time they don't avoid that side of the lake. And they said that these wild, giant, red-haired people lured a lot of the Siteka into a cave, walled it off what? with wood and then burnt them alive what did they lure uh, them in with like what so i think it was women uh like 98 <laughs> percent sure that the story said that they were lured in by by women by because ape, the ape-like women. yeah because the seven foot yeah tall so i couldn't like... tell like i wasn't sure if it was the ape-like women that were luring <laughs> them in or if the ape people had stolen women put them in the cave and lured them in you like they just but, put like yeah. a dollar on like a fishing line and just kind of like slowly <laughs> yeah. them into the caves where they just mutilated. you know they were really confused they're like what is this is this paper currency <laughs> like of course i'm gonna i've never seen this before but i'll follow this in but <laughs> the end result was of course burnt burned alive all the same right yeah and you fast forward to the 1850s there are these uh guano miners which like yeah apparently people were mining bat shit mm-hmm. uh liter- literally and <laughs> Uh, they they go to this this Lovelock cave, which is the site of the alleged burning, and okay. they find the skeleton of an eight foot tall man, with you know long arms, long legs, and a just a huge jaw, hmm. and uh, you know it's it's very specifically called out that it had this big jaw, okay, and most of the bones were left undisturbed because they were upset. They they thought the Native Americans would curse them. Hmm. Uh, but you know, of course, everybody knows if you don't want to get cursed, you just take the head. Right. Uh, so they <laughs> took the skull <laughs> and left everything else cause they didn't want to get cursed. Naturally. Yes. So they took the skull and that skull is actually still on display, uh, in the Humboldt County Museum, but it hasn't been genetically tested or like had any DNA testing done on it because it's a sacred object to the native populations. Mm. So that, no, nobody's really been able to validate that myth what's sacred about it i mean who discovered it in the cave uh i think the miners did but because it's i believe it's right. to the descendants of the siteka people who were you know burned alive in the cave oh. is it's considered like 
you know, they, they wouldn't even like mention the names of these red haired beings that lived on the other side of the lake. Cause they were so frightened of them. So I could see that that would probably still hold they uh, maybe some yeah. weight. <laughs> like fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. He's like, he should not be named right. only. It's a, it's a group of red haired people. Uh, what if it's just but, Voldemort's you know, skull? <laughs> I think he had no nose. That's right. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so, yeah, and I guess for my research, yeah, same thing. Like these myths of of large man-like creatures, those are those exist everywhere. Like across America, obviously South America, uh, Europe. I mean, they have the trolls and and giants. Like these things exist everywhere. They have Yeti out in uh, where is that Asia? Um, so like yep. this idea that there's these either giant humanoid beings or apes or whatever those those are everywhere and typically the the words to describe them and like in you know most of these languages are it's something to the effect of like hairy man or wild man so the actual term sasquatch was coined in the 1920s by a canadian journalist uh his name was jw burns which is such a good old-timey uh journalist name so jw burns his articles took uh different native stories um describing similar you know these similar ape man hybrid beasts uh, and argued that they were all evidence of a single entity which kind of popularized the term sasquatch now um we'll get back to the 1920s here in a second but i do want to go back in time if that's okay with you ashton oh yeah always okay so i, I, I love time travel right. i'm all about it so we're going to take a step back in time uh there's an american settler uh his name was reverend elkanah walker which again <laughs> <laughs> An incredible great names. name, Elkanah Walker. Yeah. Uh, he kept a diary, and in his diary, there's a whole section um, in which he was living. I think living. I, I'm not. I guess it's not entirely clear based on what I was finding, but he, his time spent with uh, a, an Indian or a native. Jeez, a native uh, tribe in the kind of Spokane, Washington area, maybe like a little bit further west. But um, and I'm gonna read. Uh, a quick ep- excerpt from his uh, diary. He says, <laughs> he says, bear with me if I trouble you with a little of their superstitions. They believe in a race of giants which inhabit a certain mountain off to the west of us. The mountain is covered with perpetual snow. They, the creatures, in, in parentheses, uh, inhabit the snow peaks. They hunt and do all their work at night. They are men stealers. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they stole some men put some wigs on them and lured some people in the caves uh yeah it's all connecting yeah, it's, it's making, all connecting it's now. now so they come this is still from his diary they come to the people's lodges at night when the people are asleep and take them and put them under their skins or reread that wait like they oh, oh like sli- sleeping skins right like not in their skin I, they're I, not putting people inside people i don't think that's the case. I was thinking like maybe they have flaps of skin, like these these beasts or whatever have a flap of skin and they hide them underneath. Like a, like a kangaroo. I really have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> they put them under their skins and to their uh, this is, to their place of abode without even waking. So they they take the people out and put them under their skins of of some sort. Uh, take them all the way back to their place and these people don't even wake up. Pretty crazy. Huh. So, so abduction. Right. They abduct them, and they don't even wake up. So uh, their track is a foot and a half long. They steal salmon from Indian nets and then and eat them raw as the bears do. Uh, if the people are awake, they always know when they're coming near 
coming very near by their strong smell that is most intolerable. So they smell like shit. It is not uncommon uh, for them to come in the night and give three whistles, and then the stones will begin to hit their houses. So they come and they whistle three times and throw rocks at their houses. So anyway, so he talks about, like I said, he talked about a mountain uh, covered in perpetual snow. It's to the west of them. Um, so there are, uh, as you are aware, Ashton, since you live up there, uh, there are a lot of mountains along the Cascade uh, Range, especially in Washington. Uh, but a lot of big hunters kind of, I don't know why or how, but they've come to narrow it down to Mount St. Helens. Um, and Reverend Walker, Elkano Walker, he uh, would also go on to describe Mount St. Helens as a place where no man could go, uh, either you know, neither white or native. Um, and right, like there's no other options. Uh, and where the natives asserted, <laughs> it is inhabited by a race of beings of a different species who are cannibals and whom, you know, whom the they hold in great dread. <laughs> uh, so I think this is really interesting to me because there's another place. Uh, called Ape Canyon. You talked about Ape Caves, same area, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Ape Canyon is a canyon. It, <laughs> canyon. Uh, it exists on the southeast side of Mount St. Helens, um, and it's named after an alleged encounter by some miners in 1924, which uh, was documented in the Oregonian newspaper, um, which is the big newspaper in, in Oregon. Um, so we can get into that story it's pretty wild. I don't know if you want to hold off yet, or how do you want to do that? Well, I mean, before we get into the story real quick, I have one very important question okay. uh, for you. This is, sounds uh, sarcastic, do you, but yeah, go for it. Do you think... No, it's dead serious. Okay. It's, this has to do with the research. Uh, yeah. Do you think Mount St. Helens was an inside job? So, here's... here's the story that they tell is, is bonkers, but I, I kind of makes, it kind of makes me wonder, like, what if, you know the this this bigfoot or whatever lived on mount st helens and it blew up and it's gone like there's no more bigfoot anymore (laughs) i think that entirely possible like nothing nothing lived like on on the one half of that mountain when it exploded it took out i don't think that's area i don't think that's i mean well again we're gonna get to how i actually feel about bigfoot but i don't think that's incredibly unrealistic that that (laughs) something may have gone undiscovered it probably fucking died uh, when it blew up. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's like the dinosaurs, man. Right? God. Yeah. Tragic. The Tragic. Last one. Yeah. All right. So let's get to there's there's a story about some some miners right in Mount Saint Helens. So there was some miners. I can't even remember what they were actually mining, uh, but there's miners on this. Guano. Of, Obviously, more guano. I don't. I, 1924. <laughs> I don't think we're mining batshit anymore. Um, could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so these miners, they would set up like these camps, these you know uh, cabins near where they were actually doing the mining stuff. Uh, so they set a they set one up and they were coming back one night uh, or one day, I guess. I don't know the exact time of day but they come back and there's these four uh they describe them as seven feet tall ape-like creatures with long black hair four inch tall ears that point straight up four toes uh quote short and stubby um and these uh miners assume presumed them to weigh around 400 pounds don't know how but that's what their assumption was i think the idea here is that they're just they're just big uh seven foot tall things so these miners, they get scared. They see these 
these guys and they get scared. Uh, so they shoot. Uh, one of the guys shoots the creatures uh, three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shoots as it, you do. He shoots this uh, this, uh, this ape three times. It falls off a cliff, uh, presumably to its death. I guess it's a little unclear in the article. Uh, and then they go to bed. I guess <laughs> those those guys run off. The, the the monsters run off, and these guys are like, all right, time to hit the hay. So they go to bed. Oh, they're in their cabin. They, uh, they, the men report being awakened to large boulders hitting the side and roof of the cabin, uh, which is kind of scary. Um, I don't know. My definition of a large boulder would probably take out a cabin uh, in like one of them, uh, but maybe they mean just like big rocks. I don't know. I mean, we know that they have a history of throwing rocks, right? Like that's been in they're, a couple of the other myths. They're rock throwing bitches. Yeah. So <laughs> for the, uh, so then. Shortly after that, the miners start hearing and feeling giant bodies slamming against the doors and walls of the cabin uh, before one eventually... And this goes on for, like, hours, I'm assuming. Uh, and then eventually one of these uh, ape-beast creatures uh, breaks a hole in the ceiling uh, and starts throwing rocks at them. And they actually hit the guy that shot the ape. They, 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 they hit him with rocks a bunch. <laughs> like, hit him in the head and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bonkers. So... Uh, once day broke, the ape men just left. So I guess they don't like this the daylight. I think there was a couple of stories I was reading about how they are creatures of the night or whatever. Yeah, that's what that reverend was saying actually. Yeah, he says they hunt and do all their work at night. They are men stealers. So it kind of it kind of follows along, right? And so once they the day breaks, the guys the the monkeys leave, and the men are allowed to flee the woods and they go and they tell their story. So I think and based on the research, this kind of is the the big breakout moment for the Bigfoot story, the Bigfoot legend. Um, because, you know, in 1924, you now have newspapers that are going to report on this. I uh, presume radios. I guess I don't know that for a fact. No TV yet, but, you know, it's able to, to get out there to a wide audience and people are able to, to talk about it. Yeah. I think that's a good segue into, like, talking about some of the sightings, too. Because 19... So the 1920s is right about like so when i was looking at the timeline right that's mm-hmm. what it there's two there's two inflection points when it really blows up mm-hmm. and the first one is in the 1920s and the second one is in the 1960s after we get like the first grainy footage <laughs> of bigfoot right. which we'll get to in a minute but yep. you know yeah what what are some of the early sightings that you saw that were interesting because i think honestly most most of the stuff that i have comes after that uh yeah that first I- footage I think the big one is the one I just was telling you about. Um, you know, I I, I, can't, I guess I didn't see a ton of, I didn't research a ton of these old sightings. I was more interested in where this kind of thing came from, you know? Yeah. Like, I think, like, yeah, all I really saw was, like, there's, there's obviously, you know, there's a bunch of people in the middle of bonfuck nowhere yeah. in the swamp like specifically the okie swamp that are like I- i've seen it and it's out there <laughs> and like that story is repeated hundreds of times on this timeline of like i've, I've seen it out in the woods and it's just running around right. but it's like doesn't matter if it's uh cold climate our climate like the pacific northwest or like you know dead ass heated swamps uh mm-hmm. everybody's seeing the same thing so that's kind of interesting to me um and actually, yeah, something I want to talk about too. Like, I think part of it's interesting, right? Uh, so, Bigfoot kind of has a lot more pull than these other 
other cryptids that we'll talk about in later episodes. It's always like the the big kahuna, and it's the one that I think that most people know about. And I think I think it has to do with this idea that it's it's so similar to our own physiology that it's it's much easier for us to imagine it yeah. than something else. And I think that right that that explains why everybody's seeing the same thing because they all want to put it to this prototype of themselves. Yeah, and I I, I was gonna leave this for later, but I I think like when you have i mean one of the things i thought was interesting is that commonly like the 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 language the words to describe bigfoot or sasquatch or whatever is is similar to wild man is one of their descriptions and they're always it's always this creature that lives on the like outskirts of society um even when you know in these more you know quote unquote primitive times like with native americans or um you know tribal cultures that weren't you know large cities like seattle and portland um there's still like this like almost fear or uh even just stories of these creatures that exist on the fringe of society or even further out in this case and i find that particularly interesting especially and i think uh uh david uh in your interview mentioned mentioned that there seems to be like almost this weird desire to like get away from society get away from technology and live you know in the woods or whatever and bigfoot is kind of that and that you know i think like from a societal perspective like there's something really neat and cool about that and we're trying to to reach that and so bigfoot is trying to figure out how to word this correctly but you know he is that you know that quote-unquote other that lives out there uh and he's scary because he is not like us (laughs) yeah and you know i think in an age where we can see and monitor everything something that we can't see is very interesting Mm -hmm. and uh like that's just what's helped it endure right because it's it's been around for so fucking long yeah uh like it's just it feels like it's always going to be there to some degree, mm-hmm. but so let's talk about let's talk about that when it when footage. it first yeah about let's talk about this this grainy footage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like right right before the grainy footage, uh, we've got this guy named Peter Byrne, mm-hmm. and he's I'm actually going to talk with him on Thursday and post that interview later. Cool. But he is like one of the first people to get a pretty good foot casting. Mm-hmm of of bigfoot and he was out there uh i believe he was actually out there hunting bigfoot at that point he had already kind of dedicated his life to it this was the 60s and yeah 1960 wow. is when he he gets he gets this foot casting that is considered to be pretty high quality not the highest quality but like it's pretty good and that's kind of what inspires him to keep going but almost immediately after that uh i guess well not quite but like 1967 we get the famous uh patterson footage yeah which is what we all think about when we think of bigfoot where he's he's got the the pose and it's it's grainy it's super like uh low frame rate (laughs) it is yeah well it's it's, i think it's 16 millimeter film or maybe even yeah i think it was 60 millimeter i don't know yeah but it sounds like so patterson and gimlin these two people were just out and about when they happened upon this seven foot tall creature i guess they were like climbing a naturally made dam and they found it hunkered in the woods Hmm. and patterson ran after it to get a better look and i guess falls to his knees and starts filming and he's like the the creature had a disgusted look on its face 
but that's how he gets this famous, you know, 10 seconds of footage. Yeah. Um, and then after that, they go back to their campsite, they get materials and, you know, they're not scared off by, I guess, seeing this Bigfoot. They, they come back and they make plaster casts of the features footprints. Oh, so I never knew that actually. That's interesting. So this obviously is a controversial video. Is it, is it faked? Do we know anything like that? Yeah, so that was the interesting part. Like, I started... So there's a couple of these pretty famous videos, and I, like, I went in to look at it, and I was like, somebody has to have debunked these, right? Mm -hmm. But the scientific community really hasn't given them the time of day. This Patterson and Gimlin one, there was some scientists that were talking about, oh, like, the the creature's posture is all wrong for it being Mm ape-like, and Patterson fires back and says, well... Like, it's because it's so big that its posture is different than most apes that we've seen so far. What does Patterson know, though? I mean, yeah. Is like, it, what does he know? He, what is what he, does anybody on these handicams know? Was he a scientist, or was he... Uh, I, I think he was just a naturalist. Yeah, like, just a guy hiking so he, or Yeah, and I know he got more interested in Bigfoot after he found this. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't he, think, like, cryptozoology was really a thing Yeah. back when he was finding this video. That hadn't quite kicked off yet. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's funny, right? Cause it's like the footage is blurry. It's out of focus and it looks like, it looks like a dude in a gorilla suit. It doesn't look real. No, uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. So, so I mean, in that sense, it's like, it doesn't really pass the smell test for me of like, this is real. No. And I, I think like, can you also tell that it's seven feet tall? Like, is there any frame of reference for it being as tall as they say it is? Cause I look at the video and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a tallish guy, but I don't. You can kind of see it relative to Two some trees. trees. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, just like trees in the riverbed. And I mean, it's funny, though, because it's like it's stalking away, and then it, it turns to look at the camera, mm-hmm. like gives a brief pause, like poses, and then keeps walking. Which is uh, exactly what a person doing Yeah. out. Like, there's no way. I just think of like all the times you see deer or, you know, you and I are both people like to camp we, we see deer we see even like raccoons or whatever like these animals they just they flee pretty quickly <laughs> like they don't they don't even see... a predator like even a bear yeah. uh for the most part is not gonna just like stop and look at you and then keep no they... like it, it's not gonna be like this which I, I have to stop for a second you apparently have seen a grizzly had a run can encounter with a grizzly bear is that what i i've had a few uh so i've i've run into both grizzly bears and black bears up in uh the canadian wilderness and like i'll I'll do a brief aside like so i've seen the the grizzly bears we were out in a boat and they got pretty close to the shoreline so i wasn't actually on land but the Uh black bear i was out playing in the yard of our cabin and I saw this baby black bear coming in, and I was like, oh, my God, it's so cute. And then I just remember my uncle picking me up and, like, throwing me <laughs> yeah. inside, just being like, not cute. If the, ba- if the baby's there, right. the mom's coming soon after, and then, like, a mama bear came in immediately afterward and, like, <laughs> hung out in front of our cabin for about an hour. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, I've seen grizzly bears just Walk everywhere. Around. Up there, yeah, because they're 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 fucking they're they are everywhere. I've never I've never been to Canada, uh, which is crazy because I'm not that far from it. I've been. Yeah, I mean, this is like this is 15 hours north of Portland. Yeah, oh, about like north north uh northeast, I think. Okay. Um, so, but yes, yeah. you've seen these things in the wild. So, can can you understand seeing that and thinking ape man? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you know, I honestly can't. No. Like, I, I, I think, like, I, I mean, so I've run in, like, the the only time I've really had a question about what something was is, like, I just saw fur moving through the trees, but I don't think, like, I've never seen anything that looked close to bipedal. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know, most of these things are like, I saw something walking on its hind legs through the woods and it's like, okay, well, you'd never see a bear do that. Not like, uh, that, yeah. you'd maybe see it up against a tree, yeah, you, but I mean, you might see it, but yeah, it's unlikely. Yeah. I think so, it, I mean, yeah. in that sense, yeah. But when we look at like all these videos, like, like I said, none of them pass the smell test for me. None of them. What, like, are there other yeah. sightings on tape, on video? Or even photos. Oh god, that... there's so many. There are so many. Like I was looking through to try and find like what are the best videos to talk about, and there's so goddamn many, and they're <laughs> all the same. They're all the same. Like the other, so the other really famous video is by Paul Freeman mm-hmm. in 1994. I think it's called the Memorial Day uh, filming or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's it is also 10 seconds in length. <laughs> sure. uh, it's yeah. also very blurry, okay. and it is also from a distance. And is, which one like, is the one where he's like down on like a creek bed? That's that's the that's the first that's one. The first that's one. the okay. the what you call it? The Patterson footage. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Like Freeman. Let me look at this. Freeman is just he's walking by in the woods, mm-hmm. and you hear Freeman go like, "Oh, look, there it is." <laughs> <laughs> that's a bigfoot. He just he's like, "Oh, you know, I guess I should probably stop filming after ten seconds." Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a monumental scientific discovery i'm going to film it for a tiny amount of time and shake my hands the entire time and scream over the over the footage yeah and the weird thing i don't get is like so paul freeman is one of the first rock stars of like cryptozoology in a sense because he's the one that found what is considered to be the best evidence which is uh these footprint casts Mm -hmm. that have dermal ridges which i guess are like uh, your fingerprint, but on your mm-hmm, foot. Mm-hmm, yeah. And when I was talking with David, he compared these dermal ridges. He said, you know, you might as well be forging $20 bills. You'd have an easier time. Right. So, so the same guy who takes this 10 seconds of just, you know, honestly dog shit footage, yeah. uh, has the best piece of evidence <laughs> according to a lot of the experts in the field. And like that evidence, you know, it, it didn't just like keep him going. Like that's what, that's what made him into a cryptozoologist is finding that, but it also inspired, like Tons of uh, Grover Kantz, who who also found footprints with dermal ridges, and like is, you know, he he was also like David mentioned. He mentioned both these people when we were talking, so like they're both very well known in the field. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, Freeman passed away in two thousand three, but I, th- I think I can't remember if Kantz is still alive either. But but it's it's interesting. Like his video too. Uh, no skepticism or debunking just because nobody will take it seriously enough. And I, I get it. Like I look at that video and I'm like, there's no need right. to debunk this video. And I think that's kind of a problem. Like, you know, in 2019, I mean, really 2000, God, probably 10 and for, maybe even earlier, <laughs> like I can't believe any footage that I see of any, you know, anything like supernatural or crypto zoology or whatever. I can't believe any of that. Cause it's so easy to, fake at home now like and i'm not like a computer whiz like i don't understand how to do this but i know that there's guys out there that can easily do this in you know a couple days and make some very convincing evidence (laughs) yeah and i mean like so i I started once i interviewed david right i started browsing 
r slash bigfoot you know as as you do on reddit uh yeah and so i started going on r slash bigfoot and there's uh videos that circulate every so often and there was one where i was listening and i was like wow this you know it's it's this couple of hillbillies uh self-proclaimed i believe the channel is called like hillbilly something okay uh and they are like out in their backyard and he's like oh shit it's back again (laughs) and you can like you hear these like whoops and hollows in the woods and they sound like they sound they sound like Bigfoot, you know, as much as I can know what Bigfoot sounds like, but they sound believable. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I scroll down and all it takes is like two, three comments to see how he faked the noises yeah. and how this video has already been debunked. So I think that that evidence no longer holds up yeah. uh, like it used to. And that's why we see we see like a bunch of a bunch of, you know, film, but most of it's forged. And like David was saying, that just it makes it so hard for anybody to take a hard look at any real evidence. I cut the crap, yeah. So is there any footage yeah. from, you know, 2000 onwards that is uh, reputable? That, no. You know? I mean, de- well, it depends on who you ask, right? right? So I was on the timeline. There's plenty of footage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, my favorite was in two- in 2000, there is an IMAX crew that, quote-unquote, accidentally films Bigfoot. Uh, and it is an IMAX camera and you know, oh, that's convenient. it is, it is grainy video again. How do you uh, get grainy video with IMAX? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's like, how do you get bad video quality on a fucking IMAX camera? It doesn't make like, sense. I, it does not make sense. And I watched like, I, I'm not proud of it, but I watched an eight minute analysis <laughs> of this guy going through the IMAX footage and like, pulling out this this grainy still of a Bigfoot and putting it up next to a human that had been standing at the same point in the footage yeah. and being like, look at the size difference. Like, that's how you know it's not just a guy walking around. And he's like, and this is in the middle of a, a stampede of animals. And you can't think of a, a man possibly going there during a stampede of animals because he's just, think of the concern for his own life. He wouldn't do it. Therefore, it has to be Bigfoot. There are a bunch of men there filming that, though. Yeah, and I was <laughs> gonna say like sense. the History Channel is a thing, man. Like people yeah. will do dumb shit to get on television. It's kind of the problem. Uh, like it's kind of. I mean, it's, it is a problem. Yeah, I was doing the research on this, and my wife was helping me, and she's like, "Yeah, there's a show called like Hunting Bigfoot on History Channel," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not, not even gonna look at that. I don't care. I don't think that's relevant in the slightest." Yeah, like ninety percent of my recent like novella is is poking shit at the history channel because like that's i i've watched a ton of those like uh squatch squatch hunters and finding bigfoot and they're all just they're all insane and none of them like i asked i asked david about that too i was like how do you feel about the history channel he's like it's all for entertainment yep he's like at the end of the day it's all for entertainment and it makes our job harder so it's just yeah but i think that you know we were talking about like is there video in recent times and yeah, but I think that more of what I'm seeing now is audio. Interesting. Um, and I'm wondering if it's because people are better at spotting video forgery than they are at audio forgery. Potentially. I mean, how do you forge audio, though? I mean, it's just really just a guy goes out and makes a noise. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. Like, you get somebody audio. who's pretty good at Foley work. Right, yeah. You mix the audio, and there you go. Like, I guess that's kind of hard to disprove. I don't know. My, you know. I don't know anything about this kind of stuff, but my, my assumption is... How do you how do you do that? You know, on a re- if somebody's really good at it, how do you do that? You know, I we watch movies all the time where there's really good special effects of giant robots crashing through walls and cars and shit. 
and it looks really good. But then, you know, at the end of the day, even I, you know, who doesn't know how to do this again, I watch it and I go, that's not real. So when I see something that I, <laughs> that's being sold as real online, I can, I'm even good at recognizing that it's probably fake by looking at it. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, I, I can say I know what a T-Rex sounds like because it's very believable, but I know, I know at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's like a Chihuahua in a blender. Right. Uh, <laughs> was it like a, is it like a whale or you're talking about Jurassic Park? Yeah. It's a mix of three things. I think one of them is a blender. Uh, like I'm almost positive one of them is a blender. That's, that's uh, but it's just like, yeah, it's, it's so easy to fake sound and, you know, it's pretty convenient that you know when video quality gets good and it gets so easy to record constant footage mm-hmm. that all of a sudden we see like more of an increase in other types of media so that's kind of and and you know like like i like i've said like i kind of and this is this is getting a bit into like what do i think of the myth uh but do you want to just jump right into that because it sounds like there's yeah i mean what might as well yeah so ashton what do you think yeah of on a scale from total bullshit to plausible yeah where do I peg this myth? Well, as far as the video evidence goes, I'm going to put it all in the bullshit category. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a single piece of video that convinces me that that it is authentic and real. Is the is the Zapruder film or whatever of <laughs> Bigfoot, is that kind of the most uh, convincing, do you think? Uh, yeah, I would say, like, you know, the most convincing has to be, like, the film from 1967 and, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the just the 70s and 80s just because it would have been so much harder for them to fake it right they would Um, it would have just literally been a man in a costume right so in that sense it has more credibility i still don't buy it uh but i do think like that is what has the most credibility for me and then the audio stuff like i'm not an expert the internet seems to think it's fake Mm -hmm. uh but so i i've got i've got nothing on that and i think that the most compelling evidence for me, is probably the fact that this myth has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people who have similar stories. Yeah. Uh, you know, if the dermal ridges thing on feet is real, I don't know because I, you know, I don't study biology. If that's real, then you know, I think I think, and just the fact that the the forest is a big goddamn place, and it's entirely possible for like an apex predator to live undetected for a long time. So. I'm not going to say that the myth itself is total bullshit. Like I would put it at plausible that at some point there was a creature that was Bigfoot like mm-hmm. living somewhere in the Northwest. Maybe some sort of, um, yeah. Or like just some sort of uh, like a, 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 maybe even a tribe of humans who were just larger yeah. than everybody else and, and mysterious. Like I, I definitely think, you know, there, there, there has to have been something, but as far as a modern day creature, I would definitely say I am hardcore on the fence, leaning towards skeptic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm open, I'm open to something, something else, right? Telling me that it's real, but as of right now, I've I've got nothing that's convincing. Yeah, I I am also skeptic. I don't I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't think it exists. I uh, I think there's you know in terms of modern stuff, like there's just too much motivation. I think to fake it. Uh, even going back to the 1920s, like fame was still something people change. Like we, I think we 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 see that as a modern uh, thing that normal people chase. But people have been chasing fame 
forever, you know, forever. And as we have things like social media, we have uh, even, God, even things like Reddit, you know, where people can post something like there is value to people in getting upvotes and getting to the top of a page with something like this. So, and, and you know, with YouTube, you get views. And, and so I think there's just way, way, way too much motivation to get famous and to make a fake Bigfoot video or tell some fake story or, or whatever. I think going back, I, I, again, I don't believe, I just don't, I, I don't believe there's, there's been, there'd be, if there was, like you said, these, you know, ape-like animals that lived in, you know, North America and the Pacific Northwest, you know, we would have a lot of bones and that kind of thing from these, from these animals, I believe. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but we have dinosaur bones, so why wouldn't we have bones of these kinds of things? You know, we know that there were giant sloths, for example, like, so we should... Yeah, but that's all about the preservation conditions, Tyler, because, uh... you know, like, they, they find them, they find those bones in places where there was good preservation conditions, and it's entirely possible that they're, those just weren't present. Sure. Or that there was so few of these creatures, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, realistically, we would have, we would have found, found something. something. You're totally right. I think I mean, you mentioned the large skull, but couldn't a large skull just be a large man like that? We we've had eight foot people in the last 150 years. Why wouldn't there have been eight foot people in you know the thousand years prior to that? Like, it's just it's gonna happen over time. Somebody freakishly large is going to exist, and we have to we can't just assume that there's these monsters living out in the woods or whatever we want do we want to call them monsters i don't know but it's like i mean and and you're right and there's plenty of people who have genetic deformities that lead them to have like weird skulls and stuff like that so it's it's not and you know back in the day it's it is also entirely possible that they would have wanted to hide those people in a cave Mm -hmm. and if somebody was sick maybe they they might have wanted to burn their body and hence the burn marks on the skeleton. Yeah. You know. I think it's 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 probably more plausible than a group of large ape like creatures trapped a bunch of people in a cave and burned them alive uh, yeah. after after tricking them. And you know, they could it could be solved by testing that skull, but I obviously understand the reluctance to do that. Uh-huh. And I think that, you know, testing it would it would ruin the mystery a bit. Like, I don't think we actually want concrete evidence one way or the other. And I think that no matter what's thrown at people, people are still going to believe in Bigfoot because they want to. Yep. I think it's fun. Well, I think it is fun. But I think also, like, the United States is a young country. We don't have, like, you know, we don't have, you know, Greece has, like, Zeus in this pantheon of gods. And Rome has their gods. And, you know, like, there's there's these long, long, long histories in all these other countries. And I think the thing with the United States is we don't have that. So we're trying, I think people are trying to create that. And I think Bigfoot is absolutely a response to that. You know, this this sort of pre-us, you know, or bigger, something different than, than us that exists. Um, and obviously, you know, like, Zeus is probably not a worshipped god in Greece anymore, right? But. I, th- I just can't help but think like the United States, the culture of the United States is trying to grasp at something that can be our own. Um, but, you know, I just, you know, I think that's great, but this is not that. <laughs> so with that, with that in mind, do you think it's going to be around in like in a hundred years and a hundred years, do you think they're still going to have Bigfoot on the side of the road and stories around the campfire about it? God, man, I, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what's going to be around at all, you know? I was, I was gonna say, that's a good point. We might not have, we might not have forests uh, at that time. They might have all burned down. And No, I do. I do think, like, I think 
to be honest, I think we're a culture that's just like obsessed with consumerism, you know, and that sounds like super, you know, college uh, <laughs> uh, liberal arts. Did you get a liberal yeah. arts degree? <laughs> yeah. like... But it, we are like the, the our big export is, you know, our big exports are like our biggest export is culture, right? So if I don't know if that's literally true, but <laughs> you know, like, that's what it is in civilization. I can tell you that, yeah, right? Uh... <laughs> But I think like if that's our big if that's our big thing like why wouldn't why wouldn't the Northwest want a thing like you know down in Southern California you have Hollywood and you know other parts of the country you know New York City is its own thing so the Pacific Northwest what do we have we have woods well what lives in woods I don't know this giant monkey creature I, it just makes sense to me that we would make up this story at some point just to create an identity. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I buy it. And I mean, like, it is so heavily commercialized in our state, mm-hmm. like both of our states, actually. Like, I know that when you fly into the Washington airport, there's, there's you know, book stands with yeah. Bigfoot stuff on it. And it's a big industry. I mean, like, hell, we're, we're making a podcast about it, right? Right, yeah. yeah and I should know for all of our followers that we're going to be releasing some Bigfoot footage that's never before been seen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So be sure, have... to, be sure to like and subscribe and you can get your hands on that. We should have led the show. with. We have undeniable Sasquatch footage uh, that we will be showing at the uh, hour mark on the show. So please stay tuned and listen all the way there. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll make sure to I'll make, I'll throw that at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to piss so many people off. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's that's a fitting close to talking about Bigfoot. It is it is the big coon of, of myths, you know. Right. Where do we go from here? Yeah. <laughs> We've got Like it's a good point. We started at the top. I think, you know, I put out a poll of what to do next and uh the one that came up was the Jersey Devil. Yes, I uh, love that one. Which I have I've have never I haven't read anything about the Jersey Devil and I feel like anything coming out of Jersey we're going to get some amazing like eyewitness accounts to go over. <laughs> Uh, so by the time we do that, I need to figure out how to play those eyewitness accounts like in the podcast so people can hear them. The thing I like about the East Coast is it's twice as old as the West Coast in terms of, you know, modern American culture. So that, you know, you get some, some different perspective than just the Native Native Americans and then modern human civilization or you know modern america yeah so that'll be that'll be a fun one i don't know if i'm gonna be able to find any experts on the jersey devil to interview but i know that i've got a few fans who for sure want to talk about it so that should be interesting <laughs> as well sure somebody's done research on it <laughs> yeah cool man cool all right so we got we got some time left mm-hmm. let's talk about some current events in the uh, world of cryptozoology let's talk about it um, let's play some music right here. To... yeah all right <laughs> insert music bah, 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 bah. i'll probably just play the the intro oh, over again because that's the one we paid for uh, i think it's better if you just play sub- this, s- this, <laughs> this audio yeah, i just yeah, just, yeah hey guys uh, by the way subscribe if you want us to get more music yeah. because we need the money uh <laughs> but i of course i i want to talk about area 51 and not just because the hashtag is going to get us more listens so let's let's start with the petition mm-hmm. tyler what do you think Real, real or fake? Do you think people are actually going to storm Area Fifty One on September Fifteenth? I think. Well, I think definitely people are going to show up. Like, you, do you? I, do you actually think people? I don't think a hundred thousand people or whatever. What is what is the number at now on on Facebook? I, uh, I think God, I want to say it got close to like 
it might be at like half a million. So yeah, no, um, no way half a million people show up. But I, I, I feel very confident that a handful of people will show up at the. I don't know at the gates. Is it near a city? Is it near Roswell? Is that? No, I think it's like in the desert. Yeah. So, so I'm wondering, like, people will go to Roswell. Roswell will get a nice little bump in tourism, whatever. How do you think the? I so I know that the I believe it was the Air Force responded by saying that they were not them. amused. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> what? Do you, hey, you guys! Like, the joke is that if we all run fast enough, we can outrun the bullets. But for real, if you get a bunch of people to storm a military installation. The memes are are fantastic. They, they, yeah, we're all here for the memes. I, I'm ready for it to probably go away as a, in terms of a meme. I'm ready for the next thing. But I, yeah, anyway, I don't I don't think it'll be like a big thing. But I guarantee you, somebody will show up there. Yeah, I think. And you know, my my one big point that I've had through all of this is just like if you're gonna storm Area 51 to find the secret aliens that the government has been hiding, <laughs> why would you give them two months warning? <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. If they can hide aliens, they can move them. Yeah. Like, it needs to be... I'm not saying plan a surprise attack because I don't want Homeland Security at my door. Right. But, like, yeah. why? why, why? It, it it doesn't even, like... As, even in the, the context of the joke, it makes no sense. Well, but... Is there something else going on with this? Like, is there some sort of other protest that's, that it's really a part of? Like, I think, like, the ice no, bucket challenge... they just want to see them aliens... That's all it they is. just want to see them aliens. Well, I, of course, we want to see them aliens. Do you believe that there's anything? I know this could be like a whole episode, and we should do it as an episode. But do you? Oh, believe, we for sure will. Do you believe in Area 51 being a an alien compound or whatever? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. I uh, like look. I've done. I've done my fair share of smoking and looking up at the sky. Mm. Uh, cigarettes and I just oh, you're in, you're yeah, in Washington, of course. so it's legal there too yeah. yeah 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 but I mean in case the federal government listens because we talk about Area 51 cigarettes right. um, do you think that there's some guy that they have to pay that like every time there's a Area 51 hashtag he's gotta like do some research on that, on that tweet god damn it gotta listen to this podcast now what the fuck are they saying are they gonna terrorist attack us or whatever yeah yeah but no I don't believe that I don't believe that's there I believe that there's, there's probably a bunch of military shit there obviously but I yeah. no I don't think the bodies from Roswell are there. I don't think that there are Roswell bodies, but <laughs> we'll we'll have an we'll have an episode on that. Maybe I'll maybe my mind will be changed. Yeah, I doubt it. So I I, I have a thing, Ashton. This isn't really this isn't really crypto, but it's uh it's creepy uh and all right uh incredibly fake, but it is also very interesting and kind of creepy um like a horror movie creepy. Uh, there is these uh, series of tweets called Have you heard of a uh, uh, Dear David? No, what's Dear David? So Dear David is this um, this man, and I uh, will reveal his. Um, I don't remember his name, but <laughs> you can Google Dear David and find it. But he actually was a a writer for I want to say BuzzFeed News or something like that in New York City. So huge grain of salt right away. As soon as I learned that's that was that, I was like, okay, probably not real. And it's all it's a story about how he lives in this haunted uh, apartment and the it's haunted by apparently this little boy with his head half smashed in um and the whole dear david thing comes from him supposedly he gets he has he sees this kid in his dreams and he sees this other girl i think and she tells him you can ask david three questions but you have to say dear david first kind of like simon says you have to say dear david and you can ask him two questions but if you ask him a third he'll try to he wants to kill you basically and so he asked the third question, obviously. Uh, and, As you do. Yeah, right. 
you were warned, dude. What are you doing? Um, so anyway, he ends up like moving to the apartment above him and starts just documenting all this supposed, you know, paranormal activity. And it's really, really creepy. It's so well done. It's really, really well done. It's very clearly a fake. And he ends like he doesn't end it, I guess. But one of his more recent tweets is, yeah, I got a I got a movie deal. The writer of The Conjuring or something is going to be working on it. So it's uh, he he claims he still claims it's real. So, you know, give him some <coughs> give him some credit. But but uh, huh. but uh, yeah, there's like photos and lots of really creepy things like it made me a couple times. It kind of sent a shiver up my spine and made me like put my phone down or put my computer away or turn on my screen or whatever while I was reading it. Uh, yeah, there's been plenty of those online, like especially on like Arno Sleep, obviously. But yeah, just just reading through those things, they people do a really good job. This is the f- first i mean I'm, I'm sure people talk about their houses being haunted or whatever on twitter but this is the first time i th- feel like i've seen twitter really utilized uh really really well um and obviously like there's probably some people have done the same thing on like a smaller scale but he i mean he's guys like he's using f- you know supposed photo photographic evidence and and audio and lots of really cool stuff like that and so it's it's definitely 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 worth looking up an article about it and kind of reading about it but uh you know certainly not real <laughs> <laughs> well i mean like hey I'm, I'm sure that people who listen to this be interested in that like it sounds it sounds creepy i don't know are ghost cryptids like i've been wondering this for a while because it's like the point of... they exist on the verge of reality right yeah i don't i don't know that's a good question i i mean because i I vote we cover them because oh, then yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's a hell hell of a lot more episodes in it if we cover ghosts. Oh, for sure. Uh, but well, at least yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we've covered one ghost, so we're setting the precedent here in episode two. Ghosts or cryptids? If you uh, if you disagree with us, uh, you can go to Tyler's DMs and right. make sure that you direct all your complaints there. Send me uh, a nude photography as well uh, of your <laughs> uh, adults. Uh, don't you know? Of ghosts. Specifically of ghosts. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of Cryptids Decrypted. If you liked it, consider giving us a subscribe, follow, like, retweet, some other form of, you know, like, outward approval. It really helps our self-esteem as well as uh, getting this podcast out there and getting other people to listen. We'll be back in two weeks. I'm going to be interviewing the people running the website, cryptidworld.com. We're going to talk a lot about the Jersey Devil, probably get into some other cryptids. It's going to be a really fun episode. If you want access to that episode early, uh, be sure to check out the Patreon. If you join at the $5 level, you're going to get uh, one week early access. And like I said before, you, you tell your friends about that. They're going to be really jealous. There's also some other great stuff on the Patreon, like signed copies of my books, Bigfoot erotica short stories, you know, whatever your thing is. But uh, anyways, thanks for listening. See y'all in two weeks.